Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about behavior consultations I've had in the past that were successfully resolved. So you might be able to learn some things um, about your bad behavior cat. And you are the reason we do this show. So we really want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm joined today by my co-host and husband, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, Dewey. Hello, cat people, and hello, my beautiful love. Mm-hmm. Join us on Facebook through this program. Uh, go to Cat Behavior Solutions. We're not Cat Talk Radio on Facebook because we're an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions. So look up that and follow along during the show for visuals and maybe any resources we'll post and things like that. And uh, we're also going to post there our Cat of the Week. We have a cat every week. And, of course, it's called Cat of the Week. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> Go imagine figure. Our cat of the week this week is Kit. And actually, Kit's guardian's going to be joining us later in the show and talking about her case. This was a very unusual case that was uh, sent to me from Cat Matchers, actually. Her uh, Kit's guardian, Helen, fosters for Cat Matchers. So when when Kit came around with her severe aggression aggression issues and trauma, they sent her to me, and uh, and we've helped Kit get through her circumstance. And we'll go more into detail about that later but it it's a pretty pretty uh, serious serious thing that's great i loved uh, these cat of the week things and and if you would the listeners like to hear your cat or feature your cat on this show we would love to have your cat if you would tell us the story and send us a uh, picture of your cat and you can send that to molly at cattalkradio.com and we would love to hear from you and love to hear the great story about your cat. Uh, so as we move on today, as Molly mentioned, we're going to be talking about cat behavior consults that have been successful. And I have been after Molly for some time to bring this on because I think these are great stories. And they really are changing people's lives with their pet and their home and all of those wonderful uh, things that we'd like to see and and uh, visualize about owning a pet uh, when they're not that way in the beginning and they become that later on. It's just a true angelic story. So I think uh, the folks out there are going to learn a lot from you today, Molly. And uh, I, so. I, I think some of those consults, I've been after her for a long time to do this because I really love the stories. She comes home and tells me some of the stories and I go, wow, we got to talk about that sometime <laughs> on the radio. He really is, means he is a lot. always on me to do stories on the show. And and so this is it, Dewey. This is your show. It's all stories today. Bud. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited and really happy because I love the stories behind everything that she does. And it's just so wonderful. And I think that everybody that's listening will get a great 
great value out of it. So let's start off with the number one issue uh, getting talked about, peeing. I think that's really the one that really stands out the most. It's inappropriate urination and the mysteries behind all of that and how you can solve some of those things. Yeah, that is without a doubt the number one call I get is cat pee and um, and rarely poop, but mostly it's all about the pee. And, you know, there are, there are three main reasons that cats pee outside a litter box. Um, first and foremost, it's, it's medical. There's a medical issue going on. In fact, I had a consult with a couple that had adopted two young kittens, a young, you know, six months, and they had two older cats already, and they had peeing outside the litter box going on. And I assumed that this was territorial and stress brought on by the two young kittens because they identified the pee culprit as one of their older cats. And we worked hard on, you know, new litter boxes and placement and all kinds of other things, and it just was not solving it. And I'd asked her in the beginning, had you taken your cat to the vet? And and she said, yeah, she had, and it was clear, but we weren't solving the problem. And then in the video, so I told her to set up a video. I said, look, I've, I've just got to see this cat peeing outside the box. I need to, to visually witness what's going on here. And that when was she, funny. I have to say, <laughs> I, I watched some of that. That was funny. <laughs> Seeing, watching the cats, if you could envision the uh, cameras that they put out in the woods and they're watching animals, Think of that as you're watching your cat. That was funny. It was great, but it was funny. I'd go, look, I got four more cat pee videos. Let's watch them. It was a highlight. <laughs> I've made popcorn and everything. <laughs> cat pee and popcorn do not go together, bud. <laughs> yeah, don't take your wife on that date. Right. So when she sent me these videos, I could tell that the cat was straining. At first, the cat would go up, smell the box, and think, eh, and really hesitate. And then when it would actually go in the box, it was taking a long time to go. And then when it was done, it would jump out of the box without covering. And and I said to her, I said, that, that really looks like... A urinary tract infection. I mean, that's that cat's having some discomfort and straining in that box. And then what it wants to do is get away from that box as quickly as possible. I said, you, you need to take it back to the vet. And she did. And sure enough, it had crystals in the urine. And so, you know, once we got that medically affected, well, then... Then everything uh, started to fall in place. So medical is number one issue. Territorial is the second reason that cats pee outside the litter box. Now, this can be territorial. You know, cats are highly territorial. And in the wild, they live in a, a large area, about six city blocks. And they'll they'll mark that perimeter of their territory with urine and feces because that's a very important scent marker that says this is my zone. And to another cat coming in, they go, oops, that's Charlie's area. If I go in there, he's going to kick my ass. So, you know, territory marking is very important to cats. So cats can be territorial marking because of threats they think they see outside or because of threats that they're experiencing inside. So one of my clients um, lived in a high rise and he called me because he had a cat peeing outside the litter box and I go and I have him show me where the cat's peeing and it's along the windows at the edge of the living room. 
and uh, I look outside and I go and look at his litter boxes. And in this case, this was actually a, a two a two issue thing um, because the litter boxes weren't ideal either. And that's the third reason that cats pee outside the litter boxes because the box is icky to them. And that can be anything from the size of it to the fact that it's covered to the fact that, you know, it's not clean and all those things. So he had a multiple problem. So anyway, this beautiful high rise place and it's got windows on two sides and I walk up to the window and I look down and there's a dog park right below this, this place. And the cat would sit up on the windowsill enjoying the view and watching the birds and all that's fabulous enrichment for cats, cat TV. Uh, But when it would look down at the dog park because it's so far away and cats really don't see all that well, I think he thought that those were cats out there. And so he was perimeter peeing around the perimeter of his zone, which would happen to be under the windows in this high rise place to try to keep all those cats outside from coming into his area because they don't really know when they see cats outside that they're outside and this is inside and that they can't get in. They just don't have that complex of, of thinking. So, so what we did was in this particular case, we, we cleaned up the litter boxes because they really needed some cleaning and they needed to be bigger. So we got the litter boxes in shape and then we had to clean the carpet. So this is, this is step one really for litter box issues. If a cat smells where it's gone before, it's going to be attracted to that area and think, okay, this is where I should go. So if you don't get the urine smell completely out of that area, then uh, the cat's probably going to go back there. So we started with a product that I love called Live Pee Free. I carry it on my website at catbehaviorsolutions.org in the behavior boutique and that is a positive ion solution that will absolutely eliminate odor much much better than any enzyme treatment that you can get so first you clean it with live pee free and then make the litter box attractive and then um you know in in this case he had to block the view of those outside cats. So I always suggest people get a roll of white butcher paper. They sell it at Sam's and then run it along the window, the bottom, obviously, of the window so the cat can't see out, but your view is not blocked and it still lets light in. So between blocking the window, fixing the litter box issues and a a few other things, those were the main things, in absolutely no time, this cat was back on track and stopping to pee outside the box. Then I had um, another consult that I'll tell you about. This was actually a, a Santa Fe, New Mexico consult of mine. And this lady has two beautiful cats. One of them is a, a flame point. I, I just love the flame points. And, uh, and his name was Theo. And, and Theo had an episode where he was actually um, peeing on the other cat <laughs> in the house, which was kind of strange. Hold on a second. Let's go back to that li- that first story that you got. And let's like try to glean what we learned from that or what I've learned from that for sure is that uh, cats looking outside a window and really uh, seeing a threat outside the window because I'm sure a lot of people are looking 
and they're going, well, there's another cat sitting outside. They're just loving each other, and they're growling at each other, and they're having fun playing at each other. But I, it looks like to me that, uh, based on that story, that they are very protective of their homes and very protective of their surroundings, so much so that they mark their territory. Does that sound right? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, cats are solitary creatures. They're not dogs. Dogs are pack animals. So cats don't like to have buddies. They don't look out the window and go, hey, look, there's Charlie. He lives two doors down. I love Charlie. Hey, Charlie. It it doesn't happen like that. He goes, he goes, WTF. There's that Charlie again. <laughs> what do you think he's doing? He's not coming in my house. I'll show you. And then he'll start to to be in Marcus' territory. So, yeah. no. But seeing those outside cats is not a good thing. Seeing outside and watching the birds and hanging bird feeders and things like that are, are good, great, great enrichment for cats. But when you have outside cats... That's highly, highly stressful for your cats. That's interesting because I have actually heard people go, uh, well, they love the cat next door because the cat next door comes outside and they will paw at each other and they will play at each other. But yet, you know, in the back, the back room, they're peeing on something because they're protecting right. Charlie from coming in. Exactly. So Emily in Santa Fe had a, a similar issue Um in fact, I think she was feeding these outside cats, actually, um, because, of course, we all love cats, and we see these ones outside that don't have homes, and we feel sorry for them, and we want to feed them, and and that's that's normal, but the problem is, is when our indoor cats see them outside, again, they're they're very territorial about that, and they'll they'll urinate. In this case, was in front of that door. Um, you know, and the other thing, here's another strange thing I'm going to tell you, and, and this has to do with this behavior consult and him peeing on the other cat and peeing on her bed. So these were two things, peeing on her bed, peeing on the other cat. And this really doesn't have much to do with medical or litter box issues, but it is kind of territorial. But cats use urine to bond I mean, that, you know, to us, we go, oh, cat pee, that's the most disgusting, you know, acid thing of the world, nasty stuff, it could eat paint off my, you know, my my car, but, you know, to them, cat pee is actually a good thing, because they... They use it to say, this is mine. This is my scent. I like my scent. I like the way my my pee smells. And so when they pee on your bed, a lot of times that's a sign that's saying, I want to bond with you. And when that happens, you need to spend more time with your cat. Usually I will prescribe prey play and say, spend a whole lot more time playing with your cat. Spend a lot more time you know, um, counter conditioning with your cat. I mean, you know, bump up that quality time with the cat because it's trying to claim you. It's trying to say, I want to mix scent with you. That's why they do it. They want to, they want to mix scent. So I think we've got to go to break right now. And I, and maybe when we come back, um, Helen will join us and talk to us about Kit. Don't know if that's happened right after the break, but that would be great. Otherwise, we're going to keep talking about um, P if you'd like. We could keep talking about P, or we could move on to something else. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Okay. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you may send an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. Hello, cat fans, and welcome back to... The Molly DeVos Show and the Cat Talk Radio. And uh, today we've been talking about great um, things that have been near and dear to my heart is some of the successful consultations that Molly has been on and some of the great stories that come from that. And so we were talking in the first part of this about peeing. And she was ending up and talking about how cats relate to each other by peeing and they have this certain way of communicating. And I just couldn't help to think to myself, what if that was a human trait? We we men oh, would no. be in the bathroom talking, no. peeing on each other going, hey, no, dude, no. like you, man. Hey, dude. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going there, honey. <laughs> okay, that's another story. Anyway, for another That's another day. channel. Another channel. <laughs> so... 
peeing was the first uh, and the highest uh, rated on the highest category of you going to uh, out to the consultings. Uh, the second one has to be aggression, and uh, and I've heard you talk a lot about aggression being one of the another another issue that comes to light. And I know we have a, a special guest on the phone here. So tell us a little bit about uh, aggression and our special guest. Aggression is a very, very complicated issue to solve in cats because, wow, it can be a bunch of different things. Usually it's fear or stress or, again, territory. Um, and food plays such a crucial role in, in stabilizing a cat's mood. But one of, one of the most unusual aggression cases I've heard of um, was Kit that we talked a little bit about in the intro, who's our cat of the week. Um, and we have with us today Helen, that is Kit's guardian. But um, I'm, I'm going to have, have Helen tell us about, about Kit's background. So welcome to the show, Helen. How are you today? I'm good, Molly. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, good, good. Thank you so much for having me. And Absolutely. Kit. Hi, Kit. Hi, Kit. So I will have to say I'm actually very happy that she's right beside me, which is a huge change from when I got her, however That's long ago that right. was. When was that? So... Uh, yeah, it was a couple, yeah, four, three, four months ago. Yeah, three months ago it looks uh, like now. Cause, and, uh, and, yeah, that's about right. So tell us, um, Kit had a really traumatic um, experience prior to coming from you. you. You live, like one of my clients I was just talking about, in a high-rise, and one of your neighbors had a, an episode, what was Kit's owner at the time. Tell everybody what happened that night to, oh, to Kit. It's, it's a really horrible story. I lived, I do live in a high rise and, um, you know, the fire alarms in the building went off and um, everyone evacuated except me and a couple other people because we thought it was a false alarm. Anyway, really long story short, there was a lady who was a smoker and um, she had an oxygen mask. She was on oxygen and just was in a hurry that night and, um, the oxygen mask on her head, you know, lifted it up on her head to light her cigarette and um, it ignited and she mm-hmm. caught on fire and um, her hair then caught her shirt on fire and she realized what, you know, what happened and Kit was literally right beside her and they know that because um, she turned, this, the lady turned and she tried to run to her bathroom, and she didn't make it and collapsed in the hall. And, the, and Kit must have been close behind her. Or she had to have been because her back, both of her back paws were singed in, in the fire, and her owner mm. died, uh, who she'd lived with for 10 years, right in front of her. And, um, so tragic, yeah. Horrible horrible story and and uh, you know and and the effect that that has on cats i mean you know cats like things to be very predictable and the same and of course you know when when things happen that are so horrific like that i mean that in itself um really rattles them but then to also lose their guardian and then find themselves in a new place and you were awesome to step up and and take kid in tell people what Kit was like that first night that um, that I was called about what was happening with you. Describe to everybody how Kit was acting. 
Well, it was horrible. I mean, it was just horrible. The, she was never a, she was never friendly even to her owner. She was a feral cat that her owner took in, Lynn took in. And they lived together unharmoniously, now I've found out from the family, for 10 years. They had this, um, you know, combative relationship and between the two of them. And so the night, so she was unable to be caught by anybody. So they, you know, the, the um, you know, the, what do you call the, 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 you know, the animal control had to yeah, come out. Yeah, you, you ended up getting her, yeah the pole and so she was double traumatized by the way they caught her and so by the time I got her um, 24 hours later she was I've never seen a cat like that she was just vicious and um, I was referred to you by another cat group and they said you've got to call Molly she can help you because she was running in circles growling hissing she would have Mm -hmm. attacked me if I'd even tried to get near her she was just vicious yeah, and, and we're and we're actually gonna we're gonna post a picture now that you'd sent me of her before she's in that little that little uh, hidey house and she's looking like she's possessed, hissing and well, and coming out at you. We're gonna post that picture now for people to see. It was as pretty awful mood that she was in, and I know when you and I first talked, you were you were panicked because you thought you know I got to help this cat and I got to try to save this cat, but oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into, right? Exactly. It was terrible. And I'd I'd never come across that. You know, I've tamed cats all my life and I've never had a situation where days went by and, you know, it got to where she would walk around my feet, but I knew I wasn't able to touch her or she would attack me. So I, I went and got welding gloves and so that I could touch her. And even that just was traumatic for her because she would attack me with all four feet and teeth, and I thought, my God, is she going to bite through these gloves? It was terrifying. It was not a pleasant experience. And then, you know, when I was referred to you, the tips that you gave me, especially the reward with the treats, you know, if she, if I just walked in the rest, in the, in the room where I had her was a guest restroom, and if I just walked in there and, you know, she didn't hiss at me, I would tell her, good girl, and give her a little treat, and, and that progressed into, you know, she would let me barely touch her, and then it just slowly progressed into, now she's a completely different cat. You wouldn't even be able to recognize the two. The owner's daughter has come by several times, and, and the friends of the family that knew this cat to be completely just hateful, even to her owner is now a completely different animal. It's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. It's amazing the the power of positive reinforcement. You know, we do that at the shelter a lot because we see cats like that at the shelter that our owner surrenders and they're just plopped down in such a different foreign environment. They freak out and uh, and they're aggressive. They they don't know how to react other than aggressively and they have to relearn that we're not going to all kill them. And so sometimes, you know, just walking by the kennel delivering a treat and walking on 
you know, when when they're kind of relaxed and they're not charging the door, goes so far in teaching them that I'm just here to give you love. Trust me, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to push you to your limits. And that was the other real important thing that I think I told you was this is going to happen at her pace. You know, don't don't push her across the line to where she's uncomfortable and lashing out with you. Stay in that comfort zone you know, because you, we can't tame them with whips and chairs like they they used to the lions in the circus, right? You know, we have to win their love, and uh, and that's exactly what you did. And uh, awesome job, good I'm good so job. I'm so grateful for your tips because I've been I was doing it backwards. If she was hissing and being hateful, I was trying to win her over. But was, if I'm just nice enough to you, you'll stop. And I was giving her treats. And she was mean. I didn't realize that, you know, until you told me I was doing it the wrong way. And the other thing you told me that really helped was to put on classical music. Now, that really helped also. Yes, it does. It's amazing. You know, cats hear at a higher frequency than humans do. And classical music is is in the frequency range that they prefer and there's even a company called iCalmCat that modulates the frequencies so that it's just calming frequencies and they remove all of the uh, the frequencies that stimulate and arouse them and so it still sounds like classical music to us but it's just kept at that frequency level that they like and that that makes such a huge difference and you're right you were you were rewarding the negative behavior <laughs> which we tend to do um, not only with cats but sometimes uh, with other humans <laughs> it's oh, important <laughs> you know crazy it, codependent it, cat lady for sure <laughs> yeah you but i mean gosh, for her attention be nice to me please i'll give you things <laughs> in in just a short amount of time it's it's amazing what the 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 work that you've done has has brought her around full circle so Good job. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. And how is she now? She's sitting right next to you with your cats and everything, right? Yeah, yeah she actually is with, she is, it, it's as if they've always known each other. You know, I did what you told me to, and I kept the bathroom door closed, and I kept them all separate with my other cats and my parrot. And um, I did that for, what, two months, right at two months. And, you know, one day she just literally walked out of the bathroom, and it was so weird. It's so abnormal because she didn't, attack anybody. She's a scary-looking cat anyway, so my cats are, were terrified of her. And but So because of that, they didn't bother her, and she didn't bother them. She was so respectful. She, It's just incredible, and they all get along. They play together. She doesn't, you know, she's gotten used to my parrot and would not, you know, he's not a meal choice now for her, and she sits right next to him, and I have video. I think I think I sent you a video of the two right next to each other. If I didn't, I'll send it to you when we hang up. It's just incredible. It's it's everything that you told me to do worked, and I'm I'm just so grateful because it's been so rewarding. I mean, what? I don't think there's anything more rewarding than to take a completely hateful cat and have it love you. And Claudia is the daughter of the lady who passed away, and she was never really able to pet Kit for any length of time, and she was just here, and she couldn't believe it. She could literally pet her, you know, like a real cat without worrying about being clawed or hissed at. 
That's wonderful. What an what an amazing transformation. And kudos to you for being patient. I mean, I know when we first spoke, I told you that's what's going to be key here is you having patience and going at her own pace and be willing to take whatever time it takes. And you have absolutely hung in there by her side and, and been her hero and, and really saved this cat. You know, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Thank you for, for taking the time and being there for her. That's, that's awesome. That's well, a good job. I, I think I loved her from the start. I loved her. You know, Claudia and I joke about it. We feel like you know her mom sort of intervened from from the other side and made sure I got this kitty because I'm not sure her future going out of this building in in the pound as a biting ten year old you know female feral cat would have fared very well and. Just that I was even around was a fluke deal that night because I, I normally would have been in bed. It was 1 o'clock in the morning that we connected. So it was just real strange, whole story. Yeah, and and, and you're right. In the shelter, these are the cats that, that sadly don't make it because their owner surrenders, so they don't qualify for the outdoor return to field, you know, true feral outdoor living cat. I mean, she lived in a high rise, so we can't just let her outside and she wouldn't be able to fend for herself. So she couldn't have done that. And if no one can pet her and interact with her, you know, no one wants to adopt a demon cat, that's for sure. <laughs> so it, she likely would not have had a very good outcome in a, in a shelter. So um, you absolutely have saved her life. It's, it was it's a awesome. Demon cat. And by the way, the paw thing that you, you know, advised me on with the claw, that grown claw was yeah. helped too. Fixing that was everything. Yeah, she, uh, for our listeners, she she had a claw. Her claws hadn't been trimmed because, of course, you know, imagine trying to trim claws on a demon cat. And so one of the claws had grown into her pad of her foot. And uh, you had to have a veterinarian come over and, and have that removed. And, yeah, that causes some extreme pain, which I'm sure was a big relief for her as well. Well, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you taking time out and telling us Kit's story. And thank you, thank you, thank you for saving her. What what oh, a wonderful well, angel you I'm, are. I'm so grateful you had me on my sh- on your show. I just to tell anybody who has a, a cat, they're not sure if they can tame they're the they're the sweetest cats when you do tame them and if you just give them a chance they they can be the most loyal yeah that's a great story it really is a great story thank you so much for sharing that and that really speaks to the outreach that molly is trying to do here with the consultations and uh reaching out to people and uh this is this is really good we appreciate you coming on the show with us thank you for having me Absolutely. I think we're going to break now. Thanks, Helen. We'll obviously catch up offline and um, go out and look at Kit um, before and after pictures on our Facebook page at Cat Behavior Solutions. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about aggression because uh, this is an important thing. It's You can't have aggressive cats. It's not a not a good thing to cohabitate with. So when we come back, we'll talk about some other cases of aggression and what causes aggression in cats. And I'll tell you some other stories of how you might fix that if you've got going that going on in your home. So thanks for listening today and we'll be right back. Stay with us. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you may send an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. Hello, cat fans, and welcome back to our show. Uh, we have Molly DeVos today talking on Cat Talk Radio about behavior consultations that she's gone on. And again, it's one of my favorite things because I really love the stories behind this because she is truly making changes in the hearts and lives of many people. And, you know, the cats are being saved and the people are being happy. And, you know, it's a great thing to marriage the two relationships together. And it's all about a behavior situation. And just think about it. You think a cat is coming after you and is really aggressive. And all of a sudden you can figure out how to change that behavior. We just heard from our special guest who was talking about that very same thing. And what a great marriage that happened between those two. And now they have this great love affair and both people are happy and lives are changed on both ends. And 
That's amazing. But Molly, keep talking about aggression a little bit. I know that's uh, number two on our list of, of things that is the most popular and, and not popular is not a good thing to say, but it is one of the most uh, common. common reasons why people <laughs> common, would, calls. common reasons why people call you. So talk a little bit more about aggression, especially the one that you had that was you know in quarantine and uh, nobody wanted to touch it and talk a little bit about that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sadie. Um, so I was at the shelter. I, I'm at the Dallas shelter, which is the fourth largest shelter in the country. Um, we take in more than 35,000 animals a year. So we see a little bit of everything. And I'm standing in the intake lobby, and a woman is just bawling in tears and has a cat and a carrier. And I, she was standing in line to go through the intake process. And I asked her, what was going on? Is this your cat? She said, yes that the cat had bitten a neighbor and that she was bringing the cat in and surrendering it for mandatory bite quarantine. And so the way that the law is written, uh, if an animal bites someone, it must go into quarantine for 10 days and be under rabies observation. And in this case, um, then would be uh, available to be returned to the owner. So I asked her, um, well, why are you so sad? You're going to come get her. She'll be fine here for 10 days. You're going to come get her, right? And she said, I don't know. She said, I'm scared of her, to be quite honest. She And this was a young cat. It was like, you know, maybe seven-month-old kitten. And she said, you know, she bites and attacks everybody in our home. And, you know, we're afraid of her and we we can't live like that. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, the best thing to do is is to not come get her and just leave her here. And I explained to her that a cat like that, if it was really like she was saying, you know, probably didn't have any good outcomes in a in a shelter because with a known bite history, we can't make it available for adoption, knowing that it's a quote dangerous animal. So I encouraged her to to come back and told her that I would be happy to consult with her and the family and help them to make Sadie a not bitey cat. So thank God she did. She showed up after the 10-day bite quarantine hold and broke Sadie out of jail and took her home. And I went over and met with the family and uh, and discovered some very, very interesting things. First of all, they'd never owned a cat before. And they rescued Sadie when she was just a couple weeks old. And she was a solo baby. And anytime you have a kitten that's raised by itself without the without its siblings and without its mom, they just by nature tend to be more bitey because they don't learn that bite inhibition from that roughhouse play that kittens do. And the moms will also teach them, ow, that hurts, stop it. And so this little kitten didn't didn't have that. And so she was bitey by nature. And, and she was a little bratty. She was, you know, the stories I was hearing was she'd sit in your lap and we'd be petting her, and then all of a sudden when she wants down, she would bite to get down. Anytime I hear stuff like that, the first thing I say is, well, let them down, you know, and the first thing you need to do when a cat bites you is get up, and, you know, if it's in your lap and it bites your hand, get up, let it drop to the floor, pull your hands up, out of the way, walk away from the cat, Ignore the behavior. You know, don't try to punish a cat for any of these behaviors that we're talking about. Punishment does not work. All that does is drive a wedge between you and your cat. 
the cat is going to associate you with whatever punishment that you've delivered. And then the other thing it's going to do is if it if it's something silly like getting up on the counters, it's just going to do that when you're not home because it associates that punishment with you. As soon as you're not looking, it's going to do what it was doing. So with Sadie, um, this was a matter of, of also inappropriate play. You know, they had some teenage kids in the house and teenage boys and big boys too love to play with cats with their hands and do that. <laughs> And do that, uh, you know, make the little spider thing and make the cat bite it and stuff like that. And that's just... I was guilty of that for sure myself. Yeah, I know. I've broken you of that at least. Yes, you have. (laughs) So don't play roughhouse with cats. That's not not good because then they grow up to be big cats and, and still bite and nobody wants to get bit. Well, the other thing that I noticed, so I'm sitting there in this house with these people doing the behavior consult, and the teenage daughter is in a chair by the back door, and the back door has a storm door on it, and the door, interior door was open, and they have a dog, and the dog was outside, and the cat was sitting at the storm door and jumping up at the dog, and the dog was panting and kind of nosing at the cat through the storm door, and this goes on for a while while I'm talking with the family, and then the cat turns around and he's looking at the girl and looking at the door, looking at the girl, looking at the door. And then it goes over there and bites the crap out of the girl on the foot. And I was like, this is one of my funniest stories, favorite stories. <laughs> and so, so funny. I said, she wants the dog to come in. And, and so I started asking them, I said, is she close to the dog? Because when I got there, they had the dog outside. So I didn't know how much time the cat spends with the dog. And the dog wasn't any of the reported issues. So I I said, is, is she close to the dog? And they said, yeah, yeah, she really likes the dog. And again, Kitten was brought in as a couple weeks old with this dog. And the cat thinks it's a dog, I think mostly. And the dog comes in, you know, uh, probably 35, 40 pound dog, very furry. So the cat jumps on the dog and starts wrestling with it and biting it. And the dog could care less. He thought it was kind of cool, you know, panting and wagging the tail and doing dog things. So dog comes in, cat's roughhousing with the dog, cat goes trotting around after the dog, everything's fine. And and then I learned some other stuff too, like the cat will get in a car when the door is open, and that's because they take the dog out a lot in the car, and the cat thinks, so oh, the car's going, the dog's going in the car, I want to go in the car too. So very interesting bond with with this dog, and and the cat's desire to be with the dog, but the cat had learned that biting got it what it wanted. And so it would continue to bite. So if the cat's in your lap and it's uncomfortable um, being in your lap, it's done. It has a short fuse for socialization and you're on that pet where it's ready to get down and you're not letting it down. You're like, no, I want to love on you some more. Come over here. Love on me, kitty. Oh, it's so good. And the cat's like, hey, I'm done. And you don't. The cat would bite hard and then of course you put it down so in that case you're positively reinforcing a bad behavior 
So one of the main things I told him was you need to watch for body language in this cat. The cat's going to tell you when it's ready to get down and when it's tired of, of what it is you're doing. And when you see that, stop and just back off and let the cat do what it wants to do. Because remember, you can't make a cat do anything it doesn't want to do. The other thing that I told him to do was if the cat's, you know, biting, distract it with play. So get good wand toys, lots of them, keep them all around the house because you never could predict when this cat was going to take off like that and distract it with play and burn off some of that pent up energy and, uh, and get some good play sessions in every day, at least 10 minutes. It's a really good thing to, to delegate to your kids. And then again, removing, you know, removing yourself from the area if she's biting you and then rewarding positive behavior. So again, like Helen was mentioning on the, on the call when we were talking about Kit, when, when this kitten Sadie was being sweet or maybe even just simply not biting at all, I instructed the family to give her treats and tell her how good she is so that we're reinforcing that behavior that we want to see more of. And because this was a very active, smart, young cat, I also recommended that they do some clicker training with her because cats really get into clicker training. And it, it's, again, it's a positive reinforcement system. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother show. But um, clicker training cats is awesome and something that's very, very um very good for bitey cats because it's it's engaging and you're engaging with them at a distance and burning off energy. Um, so so that was a good one. So that that really talks a lot about aggression and and how um, these cats can bond with uh, even other animals. And you hear people always with last our last. Uh, a few shows back, we talked about how the differences between cats and dogs. Um, this is a significant uh, difference uh, in the fact that a cat really bonded with the dog and the dog bonded with the cat. And you always want to hope for that. And a lot of dog owners want to hope for that when they get a cat. So um, uh, that is truly a great story about how you can have uh, the two animal species come together and just love each other like that. And we see stuff like that all the time. So that's 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 great. Uh, so tell us about some other more rare, like chewing on stuff and more rare behavior cases that you've gone on. Yeah, I get chewing. Not not a lot, but every now and then I do get chewing. Um, and and there's chewing, and there is um, pica, and and that's a little different. So chewing on things or wool sucking on things is different than pica. Pica is actually eating and ingesting um, foreign objects or things that aren't aren't food. Um, chewing is oftentimes a dental issue, whereas pica is most commonly a nutrition issue. And in both cases, I can usually find stress uh, overlaid in a cat's environment causing those two issues. Um, I had um, I had one recently where I asked 
uh, are, is your cat wool sucking? You know, is it suckling on things? And she said, no, my cat's like violently shoving things into his mouth. It isn't like calm, nurturing, suckling behavior. And, and, and that is kind of how you, you tell the difference. You know, you, you have a, a calming, I'm suckling, I'm kneading, I'm making biscuits thing versus oh, I got to get something into my mouth. Wow. I, I haven't really, uh, I think we've talked about that on the show in the past. Um, so tell us the one of my favorite stories before we go. We're getting short on time here. My favorite story is about chewing on an oxygen cord. That is one oh, of the yeah. most heart-wrenching stories, and I, I hope everybody stays and listens to this. That's a good one. Um, so a lady shows up to the shelter in total tears and uh, and says that she's having to surrender her cat um, because on doctor's orders. She says that her doctor has ordered her to get rid of the cat because he's chewing on the oxygen cord and she's not able to keep her oxygen levels sufficient. And so the doctor said, I'm sorry, but the cat's got to go. And uh, she's there at the shelter. It just absolutely in a puddle over having to get rid of this cat buddy. And the shelter says, well, you know, maybe before you give us buddy, why don't you call Molly and see if there's something that she can do to help, Um, you know. and, And so thank God she did. And she takes the cat home and she calls me and, uh, and we talked all about this behavior. And I found out that sure enough, the cat buddy was chewing through her oxygen cord. And I asked her when he was doing it. And she said, well, he does it mostly at night. And she said, um, and, you know, and I, I wake up, he wakes me up, obviously, by gnawing on the oxygen cord in the middle of the night. And, uh, and, and I try to get him to stop, you know, I say, buddy, stop that and stop that. But I'm trying to sleep. And, uh, and he chews on that oxygen cord. And, um, and so I asked her, too, I said, well, what are you feeding, buddy? And she said, well, I, I feed buddy dry food. Um, and I said, well, how often are you feeding Buddy dry food and how much dry food are you feeding him? And she said, well, I make sure he's got plenty of food. I, I leave his dry food down all the time so that he can have food anytime he wants it. And she says, so uh, I know he's getting plenty of food. Um, she says, so I, I make sure that he has lots of food. And um So I told her what she needed to do was to put aluminum foil on that oxygen cord so that the cat wouldn't chew it. Cats hate aluminum foil. And to stop feeding dry food, feed the cat canned food and feed it four times a day. And within 24 hours was completely fixed and no more oxygen cord chewing. So um, that's it for today, folks. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you for sharing, Molly. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program next Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time 
on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. For products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com.